Our passage today is from the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, verses 28 through 39. Listen to these comforting and challenging words from the Apostle Paul. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up, for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, may we each this day rest in the knowledge that you will truly feed us Feed our spirits. Feed us in the communion table. Feed us with your word. And so it is my prayer that everything else would fall away, that the words of the sermon would become only yours, and that we would truly be able to hear and in hearing turn again to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. For, I guess, eight years before going to seminary, I served as a youth director. But because of the nature of being youth director, you really counted in dog years. It felt like 56. And every time our youth group would come together, there was always one kid who liked to ask, 
the really hard questions over and over. For a long time, that kid in my youth group was named Kevin. Some kids came to youth group to see their friends. Some came to learn more about faith. Kevin came to debate with Tara, but that's okay. I was ready. And I can remember talking with him at one point, and he just said, you know, I just don't know that I believe in God. And I think out of total exhaustion, I said something that in retrospect was profound, but it was a fluke. And I said, that's okay, buddy, because God believes in you. God believes in you. You are God's beloved creation. And whether you believe or not, God knows who you are and who you can be. And I'll never forget Kevin looking at me and saying, why would God possibly believe in me? I do so many things wrong. Why would God believe in any human being? You see, Kevin was a kid who grew up with a lot of addiction in his life, and he had seen some of the worst parts of humanity. And I knew what he meant. Why would God believe in humanity? It seems like a losing proposition, yes? Humanity, over the course of history, we have done terrible things to one another. We will do terrible things in the future. Why? Why would God choose us? Surely there was another way. This passage from the book of Romans, it is a deep exploration of Paul's theology, to be sure. But it's also a letter written to a church that is struggling. And they're struggling because they're humans. That is one of the problems with the church. Yes, it's filled with people. And these people are dividing themselves. Those who have a lot of money and give it to the church think that they should be more important than other people. Those who are poor and have no money think that they are actually the most pious and the more like Christ, and they should be the more important people. Those who had grown up in the Jewish tradition and now become Christians thought that they were far more important than these Gentiles that we just let in at the last minute. How will the church stand if it's full of people? And so Paul writes this really loving letter to them. And the first about 10 or 11 chapters are all about God and God's righteousness. Paul tells his people, there is only one who is righteous. It is the Lord God in Jesus Christ. It is the Holy Spirit. None of you, Paul writes, are better than anyone else. You are all sinful and fall short of the glory of God. So get rid of your divisions. Get rid of this idea that some is more important than another. Stop thinking inwardly and start looking outwardly. Because God is righteous and not one of you. But then Paul says, and still yet God has called us. God called the church into being. And God has asked that those who wish to follow in the way of Jesus Christ would be the beginning of his kingdom here in this place. Why? How? 
Who can do that on their own? And the answer is no one. And Paul reminds them that you have been called, but you've also been equipped with Jesus Christ, with the word of God, and with the Holy Spirit. Do terrible things happen in this world? You know it as well as I do. But do beautiful things happen? Do things of God happen in every moment? You know that too. And Paul would say it is because of God. Sinful humanity leads us to the trouble in the world. Those who allow the Holy Spirit to work within them will grow slowly and they will stumble and they'll have to turn around again to the example of Christ. But that's who God has chosen to bring about God's purposes in the world. And so maybe we shouldn't have faith in ourselves but we should most certainly have faith in the Lord God who brought Jesus Christ into the world, in Jesus Christ who told us we would never be orphaned, the God who called us friends, equips us, the church in Rome and the church in Huntsville. Paul tells the people in Rome that if they will only open themselves to God, they will become more than conquerors. More than conquerors. We will become more than people who just stop sinning. We will become more than people who think we should be on the top or on the bottom. No, we will become more like Jesus Christ. Slowly, painfully slowly, but we will be more than conquerors because God wills that good work in each of us. It is the power of Almighty God, not the power of you and I. The best we can do is use our will, our limited autonomy, to do God's will in the world. But I understood my friend Kevin, who had seen so much pain, and who couldn't believe that anything good could come out of humanity. I'd been there, yes. I was a teenager like that. I do not have a single memory of my mother, my only parent, that isn't clouded by her alcoholism. But there was this brief time when I was 14 when she started going to Alcoholics Anonymous, and she quit drinking for nine months. And I just have to tell you that as a 14-year-old, I thought I knew everything. And this seemed like a very bad idea. I lived in a small town. I went to one of those AA meetings with her, and it was just the same people I had seen in the bar with her a year ago. What could they possibly have to offer? How could she possibly find any help or any strength from these people they look no different than they had before they put down the bottle and what she explained to me is that at some point they had had a spiritual experience of God and those who could not stop drinking before suddenly were able to one day at a time 
And more than that, they were able to say to the new person who came in, who couldn't stop shaking, we can help you too. What good is humanity? That's the good of humanity. To acknowledge that we need God. To know that we have had a spiritual experience of God and to help our brother or sister who is hurting. We are more than conquerors. We are offered the grace and love of God, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. And nine months later, when she left there and never went back and picked up where she was, I will tell you this too, that she was still loved and called by God, whether she could see it or not, and you are too. Because God has called us all to be the people that Christ needs in the world. We'll mess it up today, but we'll turn back again and again because the one who began a good work within us will carry it out with the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, friends, the good news is the church in Rome stood and all the other little churches stood. And we are a part of a long line of churches and people and followers of Christ who are destined for good work in the world. Thanks be to God who has shown us goodness and asked us to share the good news. Amen.